This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and welcome to The Late Late Show with me, Tracy Lees. Tonight, I'm going to be talking all about empowering support staff with my special guest, Kylie Jones, a non-teaching senior leader. We're going to be live with you for the next hour, all the way from Staffordshire, and I'm very glad you're here. Let's go. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and good evening. Um, A big welcome to The Late Late Show, my last Late Late Show of the year, Um, but more about that later on. I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely shattered and I sincerely hope that it's your last week before the holidays as it is mine. I know some uh, local authorities are having the temerity to continue into the following week, uh, but I hope yours isn't one of them. So tonight we're going to be talking all about uh, support staff and how we as teachers, as leaders and as school communities can um, empower our support staff. And I hope you would agree that support staff play a really important role within our schools. Uh, So I've got a special guest Kylie Jones, and Kylie Jones is the designated safeguarding mental health and well-being lead at her school. Crucially, she is a non-teaching um, member of the senior leadership team, and she's going to be talking to us tonight and this evening. So I hope you are all well. If you're anything like me, you are absolutely living for the end of term. And if you've got uh, children, you may be where I'm at, where it's a non-uniform day, it's a party, it's everything coming up. Uh, so I'm that's where I'm at at this point. Uh, now, I'm hoping that Kylie is on the line. Kylie, are you there with us? Hello, Kylie. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We're fine. Oh, amazing. And you're loud, which is what I was hoping you'd Oh, good. (laughs) Follows all your instructions. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm quite the pro now. It's my third show. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm basically putting myself forward for an award. I'm I'm definitely old, Kylie. You're a A hat. hat. I'm just a hat, yeah. A high attaining, no. Okay, so so Kylie is with us and Kylie is going to be talking about her own experience as a member of support staff and what we can do collectively in our schools, in our networks to really bring the best out of our support staff. So welcome, Kylie. I would love I would love for you uh, to tell us, start off by telling us a little bit about your role in school and perhaps the previous things that you've done that have led you into this post. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm currently working as a designated safeguarding lead, uh, mental health and wellbeing lead as well. Um, But I started working in schools, um, I think about 13 years ago. my first job in a school was working as a teaching assistant um, and I've had a bit of a 
a sidetrack of a career as well, kind of alongside school. So I'll go into that in a, in a minute. Yes, um, please. <laughs> More of this. <laughs> so I started working as a teaching assistant. I was at the school for about um, nine months and I, I really, really loved the job. Um, and that's kind of where I first got to um, become familiar with SEN and kind of, you know, learning what, autism was learning about attachment theory and and just seeing how it affected these children um I'd just left university and my, my degree was in counseling and therapeutic studies so I was kind of really interested in um just helping helping children um, did you get... want to be a teacher Kylie was that ever um when I was little, I think I, I did want to be a, my mom will say yes um because my favorite toy was a blackboard a chalkboard with and that was I was that was the the thing that I was always on was just this chalkboard with my teddy surrounding me and I would be giving the lessons um <laughs> and oh, Kylie you... you're so adorable but you but you, <laughs> you didn't you didn't start to work in a school as a teaching assistant seeing it as a natural progression into teaching because I think that is quite a common that's quite a common route yeah. into teaching I was I was trying to stay open-minded really um and that put me off teaching to be honest so um, how so (laughs) because I'm just not that type of person I I just kind of got to see what what is um required for that role and how organized and uh you know just on the ball and um data driven everything is and and I just prefer to go with the flow you know (laughs) I I don't I don't (laughs) I'll meet you there, Kylie. Yeah, so I was, I was just looking at all these people, kind of observing them from afar, thinking, you're amazing at what you do, um, but A, you don't stop. Uh, and I mean, I don't stop now, but um, the, the level of organisation and forward planning that goes into it has just never been, some, never been what I'm like as a person. Um, mm. So the job that I'm in now suits me perfectly because no two days are the same. Um mm-hmm you know, I, I turn up and, and see what hits the fan, <laughs> basically. But so that was... Um, and, and then what do you do? Catch it? Do you just then, watch? Do you <laughs> clean up what's well, hit the fan? Well, it depends because Which... normally, you know, five different things hit the fan at the same time. So it's normally triaging and prioritising and, and delegating and, and just seeing seeing what we can do. It's just, um, you just got to make decisions, you know, at, in a moment sometimes um yeah we'll, so, we'll come back to your current role in a second yeah. I'm so sorry because I've just taken okay. you off on a tangent <laughs> so you became a teaching assistant and and that yes. told you that you that teaching wasn't for you so what did yeah. you do after you were a teaching assistant well then one day randomly I got a phone call completely out of the blue from months and months ago when I was fresh out of uni and I'd just been applying for everything just trying to find a job and it was a gym and they were asking if I'm still um, still trying to look for a, a job in a gym. Um, so I was like, well... Kylie, was this, was this a legitimate thing or was it a creepy <laughs> genuinely, man? Genuinely, no, okay. genuinely. Just, it was... just wanted to check. <laughs> just, just doing a safeguarding check there. Yeah, safeguarding bells are okay. always ringing. Okay, um, good, good. 
and the, the gym was close to my home the, the the commute when I was at the teacher when I was a teacher assistant was um it was quite far away it was costing me 200 pounds a month in petrol and that was you know 13 years ago before prices were astronomical so um you know the, the old days exactly the good old days <laughs> and it's a notoriously low-paid job so um it, it just wasn't sustainable um and I, I couldn't really see any progression in the school although I loved the school loved the children um so I went to go and work in the um d- the gym for a bit and hated every second of it because it was so it was sales driven it was targets driven um you know you had to do so many things during the day um I used to go home crying because I just wasn't doing what I loved you know I'd, I'd gone from doing a job that I loved where I felt like I was making a difference to just kind of figures on a screen mm-hmm. um hated it um and then I uh, so then I just started looking for work in school again and I got a job as a teaching assistant in a more local school um so I actually took quite a, a huge pay cut to to go back into education um because I think you can't put price on happiness so and isn't that interesting what what you <laughs> prioritize there and obviously like we'll get to where you've got to mm. I think in in a minute but that that decision was probably quite pivotal for you and I, and I don't know about you but when yeah. I when I first started to like I did like a supply gig to try and decide if I wanted to teach and just being in a school I just had that feeling of this is this is the right move for me and even if it's not this role it's definitely a school is that probably is that where you were at in terms of yeah definitely absolutely and it, and it took me a long time to um actually make the decision to go back into education because I couldn't picture myself at any other school than the one I was at previously because I think when when you do work in a school and lots of people will relate to this it's a community it's you know it can be yeah. um kind of a family at times and so you, it's hard to picture yourself anywhere else sometimes um and you know you you do you go to schools and you get a feel for it and you and you can tell whether or not you're going to fit in there if you you know if you're going to um you're going to enjoy working there you, you can just tell i think from from working there um yeah. and i've done work experience yeah. in you know in other schools and not enjoyed it but um, so yeah it took it took a while for, for me to do that just because i was kind of still getting over the old old school um but i got i got this job again as a teaching assistant Mm-hmm. um so same kind of pay same kind of grade and um they started um there was there was a boy there in year seven who um was adopted and um by two dads and I volunteered to be his key worker because I was um I'd done a lot with adopted children um at my old school and my dad was adopted so I'd always oh okay kind of um wanted to you know get into that that kind of field that was one of my interests um mm. and then from there the school was so supportive my, my line manager it, it was is just everything to me it, in terms of this story he couldn't have been more supportive he was just so inspirational so articulate I used to watch him in meetings just being so articulate thinking how do oh. you speak like so so eloquently um and it was just so inspiring and he always had my back he would always sing my praises he would always make sure that um I was encouraged and recognized and uh, appreciated um so I really really felt 
like he had my back in everything that I did um and so you know he would do things like put putting me forward for training and CPD um just wherever he would come he would be the ones to suggest it but you know things like performance management as well um mm. he would really encourage that career development for me so then um that Kylie is of, this a, this was a your line manager was a teacher he, he was a teacher was Senko. he was a teacher yeah because yeah. he because um, all the things you just described like he put me forward for things he empowered me he got behind exactly. me I'm thinking yeah he, he he probably should be a teacher I feel like oh, that's yeah. a good fit for him okay <laughs> oh yeah absolutely right and just such a calm person as well just you know probably I mean I I always say that I aim to be a swan um because I, I like to be really calm on the surface even though Mm-hmm. you know I'm panicking underneath and that that's what he was like as well so that that was really inspirational you know you never let anybody see that you're panicking um mm-hmm. when you know when you're working with children certainly <laughs> um mm-hmm. so from there um I got a promotion still a teaching assistant but um specialized in mental health so I'd gone from being kind of the department's attachment specialist to uh, mental health because obviously that was my degree um and then I spent a couple of years doing that and then we um did a performance management one day and he was like where do you see yourself um in a few years time and I said oh I'd like um this person's job and I named I named the person and that was um the lady who was doing the she was in charge of the pastoral support in the sixth form um and then okay, I think I know where this is going <laughs> exactly. I think I've, Honestly, I've just yeah. figured it out okay so a few months later. I love that you did that by the way because because like when people say to you where do you see yourself and like as a line manager myself I try and get like the best out of people but like just to be so specific Kylie and name that person's oh, job yeah, I want her that job. is that is bold <laughs> I love that okay I and actually but that but that's really helpful to the person that's going to try and help get you there because that's a very clear intention, isn't it? To, to, to progress. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just shows the benefit, you know, sometimes of, of what, how powerful performance management and appraisals can be, um, yeah. you know, when done correctly. Yeah. It's yeah. It isn't a tick in a box on blue sky and cracking yeah. on with your day. It, they, they should be, they should it be. A, consequences. A, a, it's yeah. And it should be about people. That's the, exactly the idea yeah okay exactly. so you've so you have manifested the I've dream manifested. job we love manifesting <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so I manifested that and then lo and behold a few months later um I was called in because this woman was retiring she was going to go down part-time so she was going to do three days in the sixth form and I, I was asked to do the other two and um we spent two years working like that while I kind of fully embedded into the role um you know working in sixth form is quite a specialist with the um mm-hmm. things that you need to get your head around so spent two years getting to grips with that and then she eventually retired and went full-time um I've missed a huge chunk out where um in my first year of a teaching assistant at this school me and my husband bought a shop together <laughs> so oh. we <laughs> you know so okay. um, I owned an off license um, news agent's convenience store type shop. I feel, 
I feel like that really fits well with um, mental health. And yeah, really well, especially as someone who doesn't drink, owning an off license, and being asked yeah. for my recommendations from customers. Yeah, I, I like I like the yellow bottle. That's the one. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what I'm doing in the cash and carry. Um, <laughs> so that was that was kind of I was doing both alongside school for we had the shop for eight years. Um, so. But Kylie, was that was that driven out of finances? Because one of the things that I want mm. to get to tonight is the kind of pay difference between support staff and teaching staff. And, and I think it's a completely blameless equation. And I don't think support staff mm. are the enemy and I don't think teachers are the enemy. I think it's a decision no. that lies above the people who Absolutely. are in the system. But I think it's it's remiss to not acknowledge that there is a there is a difference. Oh, um, I completely agree. And I don't yeah. know about you, but in my school, the support staff are like the most generous. They're always buying things for the children, always yes. buying things for the staff. And like you look mm. a bit sad and then you go back and there's a bunch of flowers the next day. And, and I always feel a little bit uncomfortable around these kind of gestures because I'm very hyper aware of that. So, so was that a financial thing or was that a supporting a business thing? It was... Um... What it was, it was some of it was financial. Um, some of it was that my uh, husband was out of work and he'd always worked in retail. My parents had always owned shops as well, so and he'd worked for them for a little while. So we we just well, he said, why don't we do? Why don't we get our own shop? And I was like, absolutely not. I've worked in retail for so, uh, a long time. I've seen what my mum and dad do. It's a ridiculous amount of work let's not do it <laughs> and, and then, then we cut to up, you yeah, buying the shop okay getting get a loan <laughs> and buying a shop and then this is our life so there was a point where I was get going to open up the shop at 7 a.m going to school at 8 a.m coming home at, well coming back to the shop at 4 p.m and then closing the shop at 10 p.m um and coming wow. home at you know to have my tea at 11 o'clock so that was that was a lot um but okay. eventually we you know we got staff so we could have um a few hours off in the evening we don't we'd have to go back every single night and lock up you know um so and my you know my alarm clock was set on a saturday morning earlier than it would be for school um but you know eventually we got, we got staff so I had the whole kind of experience of running a business um staff management um, okay okay you know that whole kind of operations project management type side of things so um so so you were and, and, you, you you were hungry for t to lead because you had this other you had this other experience is that is that fair to say yeah I think that's just a natural part of my personality really as well um you know uh, you know on top of seeing you know working with my amazing supportive line manager and just seeing how aspirational he was my mom and dad as well you know they the way that they managed their staff was just it was just you couldn't fault them um you know in terms of just being positive with everybody and um praising them and gratitude and appreciation um you know working with staff is the biggest frustration um when you're mm -hmm. when you're in business because you've got to rely on other people um but you know, you learn and learn a lot about how to how to handle people and how to lead in that in that job. So, um, you know, for so all of it. Sorry, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, when you said we, how will we fill an hour? 
exactly. It's, it's, it's 20 minutes in and we're on question one. So we're, we're going to be okay tonight, Kylie. Just, we're just going to be you know. fine. <laughs> so from the, from starting out, from that first experience in school to getting your SLT post, which am I right in thinking started in September? It's quite a September, recent yeah. change. So how many years from start to finish? I'm just thinking of people who might be listening who are perhaps starting out on that kind of ladder or our support staff and want to get into senior leadership because it's it's not an easy transition and it can be a little bit niche. So how, how many years? Yeah, there are many from... posts really out there. I've kind of only just started seeing um, in a um, community on Twitter, Oh, okay. kind of safeguarding and pastoral. And it's only really kind of like a new thing, I think, with with people recognising that support staff have value in these types of positions. Um, so, you know, a few years ago, I when we sold the shop, I just didn't know what we were going to do because I'd had half of my income kind of just t- just taken away. Um, and then I was just there again, back to um, support staff pay. Um, and so I think at that time there was not progression opportunities for members of of support staff um but now i think that there really really are and it's i think it's only going to get more prevalent really just to give people a bit of hope i think um you know i can only agree from from seeing what's (laughs) going on in my my own kind of network and and my own Mm. local authority is and i don't know about you but like since covid i've perhaps appreciated support staff Mm. more than before Um, well the thing is I think people are recognizing the fact that it just makes sense um you know to have someone who's non-teaching in a role where they can be flexible they don't have to worry about whether or not they're teaching three lessons a day um you know trying to fit in all of the the, maybe the pastoral side or the safeguarding side or um whatever it may be in in between um it just makes sense so that you, you know you can be responsive you can be reactive um you can you know you can do that future planning um but you can you can do the firefighting when you need to and more effectively i think um rather than kind of being in the rush all the time and things get missed um mm. so i think i think people are starting, starting to come around to that way of thinking now yeah, absolutely. So let let's um, let's go back to the questions that we knew we knew we were going to have because uh, I could just go round the houses with you, Kylie. I'm not going to lie. Um, so let, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but just from your experience, what is attractive about working in a school as a non-teacher? Because part of this exponential kind of growth for support staff is we are going to need to recruit. We know that there's a recruitment crisis oh, yeah. in teaching, but I. I guess what I'm saying is that perhaps amplifies the need for very good support staff. But there's a recruitment crisis for support staff as well. Um, you know, I've, I've, over the past year or so, there's been that many support staff roles in my in my former school and including um, the school that I'm at now already. You know, we've, we've just uh, advertised a, a pastoral post. We had one applicant um, and it's a really it's a really good job. You know, it's an absolutely amazing job. The people who are doing the job are so good and amazing at their jobs, and um, they're well respected in school. It's you—you you go to work enjoying your job, but it's the pay that um, kind of I think is the barrier in terms of that recruitment. Um, but your question was, what's attractive? So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
Kylie, I would love to interview you for a job because I can just see we, we would be would be all over everywhere. We we wouldn't answer the question, but we wouldn't care. Oh, I'd just be do. so happy. <laughs> well, you must have done something right for this last one. <laughs> well, I would say that what what is attractive is the fact that you know I touched on it before when I said that working in the school is is like part of a community. Um, it's, it you know it is a mini community in itself, and I think being support staff you're not kind of um squirreled away in your own department all of the time you can get out and about you can speak to kind of members of staff from all areas it's not so um oh what's that word I'm searching for um insular cl clicks click yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know you know in school how you have your cliques within um you know de departments kind of sticking together you know I've been an honorary member of the science department. I've been an honorary member of the tech department. I've been um, never, never Spanish, never MFL. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, know. let's talk about that, later. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you know, you can, you get to know, you get to be friends with um, all of these members of staff from all these different areas, including you know the admin staff, the office staff, um, just people that teachers wouldn't typically get out and about and get to know people you know because you don't get a chance to stop and talk to your colleagues during the day so um you know you, you get to just experience a kind of a richer sense of the school community as i would say as, as a non-teacher um and the kids are just amazing as well the kids are what make the job the children are just yeah you know as, as a member of support staff you're often kind of the ones who get to know the kids on that more personal level and that that is just you know there aren't really any words for how um rewarding that is yeah and i think i probably can imagine because as a teacher myself that is that is the thing that brought me to the profession but you're right support staff have that kind of oversight that i think as classroom teachers we're so busy in our kind of in our lanes that we we don't get to not through not through any reason of you know not wanting to but just the, the demands are tough and obviously that there are practical mm. benefits to to working in a school if you've got children for example because you'll get the holidays off mm. um um so i can see but is there anything that you think schools could do to make um working in schools more attractive to to non-teachers it it does come down to pay at the end of the day it's it's a stressful it's a, it's a stressful job you know there's no shying away from that the fact that working in the school is is an incredibly stressful job um and you know i'm dealing with uh, you know if, if i was um in my previous school i was the longest serving member of the safeguarding team and i would wow. i would deal with the most serious cases that you could imagine um but i was one of the lowest paid members of you know the the, the school yeah. was probably the lowest paid member on the on the safeguarding team but I was dealing with the most serious um cases I had I had DSL um you know DSLs coming to me and asking for advice because they were new to position um you know that happened on on a regular kind of a basis across the through the years um because they knew my experience and um valued it yet that wasn't rewarded in my pay packet yeah um, yeah you know and you, you you're dealing with um difficult topics you know um i don't talk about the the cases that i deal with very often because it's difficult for people to hear you know you're not hearing people don't think that the things that we deal with in schools go on um 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then I mean things like sexual assaults and serious sexual assaults that people just wouldn't ever think um, happened. Um, we, you know, we're dealing with this, and it's hard to hear. It's hard to be the first person that a person discloses a rape to, for example. Um, yeah, and it's skilled work. So we're t- we're yeah, talking about it is, it's money, really aren't we? Work. And I'm and, highly uh, trained in you know in my in my field. You know, I have that's what my degree is in. Is that. Mm active listening and the the confidentiality the boundaries that you have to put in place the um you know how how you set the the room how you set the tone body line it's nuanced it's very very nuanced that people um kind of take for granted i think when yeah and and the and the danger is kylie if if that isn't a well paid job i i i don't know how you're going to recruit staff who are so skilled because that's yeah. such important work yeah, exactly. You know, my 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 training is no kind of lower than that of a teacher. Um, you know, if you if you look at all of the all of the qualifications that I've got, um, so it, but that that is the barrier. That is something that's kind of what's putting people off, really. Yeah, and I think time also plays a part in this, Kylie, because I can't imagine from what you've just described the, you know, the specifics of that uh, previous job in particular, um, I can't imagine you would clock off your contracted hour, go home and, oh, and do, do something else. But, but yeah. we ha- we ha- we, there has to be a recognition that as teachers, if you're on the, the um, main pay scale or upper pay scale, i.e. not on the leadership scale, you've got the 12, 6, 5 hours. Exactly, and, yeah and any other duties that are reasonable in order for you to execute your role. But there isn't that same, um, there isn't that same contractual obligation often for support staff. And yet it is work that can't wait. (laughs) It's work that you actually, you can't, you can't have that approach. And if you're not paying staff for their time, then I think it probably becomes quite tricky. I don't know if you've got any experience of that. I mean, do, yeah. would you have ever got time in lieu or anything like that because you've spent yeah, all well, night? The way that the way that support staff um, contracts often work is that you, um, you know, you have your set hours that you're paid for, and then anything, say for example, if you had a meeting after school, that you could claim that back um, as either time in lieu or. Yeah, it depends on your contract. Sometimes you have to work a certain amount of hours extra across the year, which you, you, you easily did. And, you know, things like insets count for that. But um, in but with terms that of said... that work, well, exactly. But in terms <laughs> of that, casual, you know, that casual work that you you don't put on the calendar, you know, it's, it isn't scheduled. It isn't things like meetings. It isn't things like training. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you know, you might be there until five o'clock at night making phone calls and logging on CPOMs. Um, that you can't really you know claim that because no one's asked you to do it but it's mm-hmm. it's got to be done it's you know it's somebody's life it's somebody's um record um so it it's not and it's not safe if it doesn't get done as well um but that's not something that you can just kind of claim back um you know then then you go home and you're working on your laptop for um you know however, however long you need to but nobody sees that <laughs> you've got you, you know you don't get the um timesheets to to claim for that so um, yeah, whereas I think for teachers that we all know that happens that's, that that's that's an expect it's a given it's 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 seldom worthy of comment it's like oh that yeah. happens but but I think the expectations around support staff 
either should be different or could be different. I don't know. I mean, yeah, do... and the, but the thing with support staff is there's so much goodwill, isn't there? Like you, you said before, yeah. the type of people that are support staff, they're amazing people and they, they want the best for the children as well. And they care about their jobs. They're enthusiastic about their jobs. They enjoy their jobs. So they, they want to do a good job because they, they genuinely care. So it, it is, you know, there's, there's, there is that goodwill of support staff. But at the end of the day, that can only go so far, um, you know, before it kind of takes the mick in terms of how much people rely on that to get the job done. Yeah. And and we've all got a limit. We've all and we. Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I, I, think, I hate I hate the thought that support staff have just exploited it when it feels like that, when you put it in those oh, terms absolutely. that, that we will is. just rinse support staff, not, mm. not acknowledge what they're doing outside <laughs> of their contracted hours. And just pay them poorly, and we just we just all accept that that's the way it is. I mean, yeah, is, is there I mean, anything we can do? Do you think, as individual schools, I think we we know there's a bigger there's no there's a bigger uh, decision making realm above us. But as individual schools, is there anything we can do? That's a really difficult question because the answer or it does just come down to pay. Um, and that's not for not for schools to uh, make that decision. As, as long as um, head teachers can back us up on this, you know, at any kind of opportunity with with the unions or whatever lobby, you know, like, go, like, lobby, yeah, just have <laughs> our back. Just please, yeah, just you know. Um, and I and um, I guess just acknowledge is what we're saying. Mm. Acknowledge, okay, oh, yeah. amazing. And so Kylie. Sorry, go, on. go on no no you go I was just gonna say kind of my situation is a bit unique because because you asked kind of how long you get there and I probably wouldn't have carried on being a member of support staff if I didn't have that side you know the sideline of, of having the shop because it just would not have been sustainable so there's no way that I would have got to you know this the reason why I've got to where I am now in this current job is because of that year those years of experience um and kind of all the, all the training that I've done through schools um up to this point but there would have been no way that I'd have ever had kind of this longevity if if it was that was my only job um you know I would have been forced into kind of maybe doing teacher training or you know looking at alternatives um because it's not for somebody just starting out in their career you know 13 years ago it's it's not a sustainable um career I don't want to put anybody off because like we say things are things are getting better and I think um people are finally starting to see the value in that but just as much as people as much as schools can invest in support staff please please do do give them all the CPD give them all the training um it's just it's so vital Amazing. That is a fabulous advice, Kylie. We are going to talk CPD in a moment. We're just going to have a quick pause for the news. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Kylie Jones about empowering our support staff in schools. We will be right back. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. 
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. TES Magazine reported on news that Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said that the proposed schools bill will not progress in this parliamentary session. The bill itself was originally launched in May this year and covered a range of areas including school attendance, safeguarding and new powers over multi-academy trusts. Ms Keegan spoke at the Commons Education Select Committee, confirming that the schools bill will not progress in the third session. She also said her department remained committed to the objectives and would be prioritising some aspects of the bill. Of the aspects of the bill Ms Keegan stated she wanted to focus on, she identified the need for a register to identify an account for children not in schools, as well as helping more faith schools join multi-academy trusts. One area not seen as a priority, however, was the creation of more grammar schools, with Ms Keegan stating her strong views that 93% of children will never get to go to one, and the belief that the academy structure remains the route to make the biggest difference to the most children the quickest. The Mirror Online carries a story about Labour MP Zara Sultana's proposal to widen the free school meal scheme in primary schools across England. Under the plans, all primary pupils would get access to free school meals. The current scheme for universal free school meals ends in year two. The article suggests that under the current plan, around 800,000 children living in poverty miss out on free meals due to the strict eligibility criteria. Ms Sultana will bring forward a bill in the coming week. The MP for Coventry South said it was a major issue when families simply can't afford everyday groceries and that providing meals for school was another strain. She went on to point out that both Scottish and Welsh governments have plans to introduce universal free school meals, but accused the government in England of prioritising tax breaks for the wealthiest people. Warwickshire World Online News site reports on the arrival of delegates from around the world to a conference focusing on developing technical education. More than 50 visitors attended the event organised by the British Council at Warwick Trident College. The college is part of the WCG group. Guests arrived from a range of countries in Africa and Asia, with delegations including government ministers and education officials. A spokesperson for the WCG said technical education is one of the key pillars of a successful developing economy and that the hope was that delegates would take away some insights which will have a positive impact on their country's developments in technical and vocational training. The latest Sunday Times Schools Guide has been released and many local news outlets are reporting on the successes of schools in their surrounding areas. Northern Ireland outlets report that the guide has rated seven secondary schools in the national top 50, calling this a significant achievement in light of the nation's comparatively small population. It was acknowledged that several of the Northern Ireland schools mentioned in the list have been described as highly selective grammar schools, with the DUP's Diane Dodds noting that whilst Northern Ireland is punching above its weight, 
there will always be areas where improvements can be made. She went on to point out that the list as a whole is dominated by expensive fee-paying schools. Finally, Keele University has launched the UK's first law undergraduate degree designed to help tackle the climate crisis. The new course in Law with Environmental Sustainability is the first of its kind in the UK. It has been developed to create legal professionals with a good knowledge of environmental obligations on governments and communities. Professor Alison Brammer, head of the School of Law at Keele said, the climate crisis affects everyone and we need legal professionals who understand the issues we face. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Hello, we're back. Kylie, are you still there? I think so. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> Fancy that. Okay, so if you've just joined us, uh, this is me, Tracy Lees. It's our last Late Late Show of 2022. I say last like I've been doing it forever. It's actually show three, but we won't draw too much attention to that. Um, and I'm talking tonight to Kylie Jones, the designated safeguard in mental, mental health and wellbeing lead. She is a non-teaching member of SLT, and we're talking about empowering support staff. Hello, Kylie. Hello. Hello. So just before we went to the news, we were talking about CPD. We were talking about getting behind our support staff. Mm. Um, is, there a, is there a story around a school trying to make you attend some CPD that you created? Did, they, did somebody sell you a place to your own CPD? What was that about? Did they? Okay. <laughs> so we, <laughs> did somebody try and put you on a course, but you wrote the course? Oh, no, no, I know what this was. Um, no, there was, um, I think, wait. This has been exaggerated to me, well, Kylie. I, I don't know what you've heard, but the, the only, I can, I can think of two things. Um, there was one on my first day um, of, of a new job where um, I was put into trans training, how to support trans students in school. Um, and anybody who knows me will know that I have... Um, ran an LGBT social group in school um we've probably been going for about eight years um maybe you not were ahead of the game seven. weren't you oh yeah we were one of the first first in the country to to do uh, an LGBT uh, social group in school um and um as part of just because because we'd we'd um run the group um I saw one day um well I saw one day a Twitter a shout out from um a company called My Generation who were working with Stonewall and they were asking if any uh, LGBT groups in school would um, want to link up and be filmed in terms of a, a, providing a good example of how other schools should support their transgender students. So I got in touch with them thinking nothing will come of it um, but they they came in and they did a whole day it was the best day honestly it's my favorite day i've ever had in work Ooh. ever walking around with okay. the film crew um and so yes yeah, so we we are the well my group that i mean they're all old now they've all you know left school but um we were the um when 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 schools go on to do the stonewall training in terms of um lgbt and how to support transgender students in a secondary school um it's me and the videos uh, uh that we that we filmed in our 
our group so um but yeah it was it was funny because we i uh, went to this um inset day and and i was told oh you, you've got trans training today um and i was like but i am where is it from because i am <laughs> i am the trans training i am the trans training thank I you am very the much trans training. Yeah. i mean if, if nothing else we've got to say that sentence and i really enjoyed that okay so let's go back to actual cpd that that we can put into place. So what what do you think schools can offer their support staff in means as means of a, the best way of upskilling them from a CPD point of view? What's your experience? Well, I think it goes back to that, um, the whole appraisals and performance management um, conversation that I had with, you know, with my land manager all those years ago. I think you've got to be led by that member of staff in terms of what their interests are. Um, you know, there's, there's no point just kind of guessing what CPD would be relevant. Um, have those conversations. What are they interested in? What do they want to learn? What would they be interested in doing more of? Um, and then, so in other words, out. a bespoke model, the same in the same way that yeah. we would empower our teachers and perhaps ECTs, is to get to know them and, like somebody asked of you, what what's your aim? Yeah, exactly. What what do you want to do, and how how is how are we going to help to get there? Um, you know, things things like um, the, the way that I approach my CPD is I I think of what is topical at the moment. So um, you know, years ago we had um, kind of explosion of in the pastoral and safeguarding world of self harm. Um, so I've been on endless endless training days for for that um you know when all the mental health came to the, the forefront as well um that suicide awareness training and things that mm -hmm. we were having to deal with on a daily basis um that yes i had already covered as part of my degree but it, it never hurts to stay relevant and stay up to date you know with with the latest guidelines so um it's it's what i see coming through um you know after the um after the lockdown i just saw an absolute explosion in eating disorders um yeah which is something that i'd never really done any kind of cpd on before so i so i um sought it out um you know nobody, nobody came to me and said oh kylie we've noticed there's lots of eating disorders around do you want to learn about eating disorders i kind of had to seek that out for myself so um i suppose it's like it's staying on the pulse um, with, yeah. with what's happening, what's topical, and balancing that with what the members of staff want to learn about. Um, you know, I, I thought I'd done um, all the all the CPD there was to do in safe in the safeguarding world um, until I started my my new job, and now um, I'm kind of booking myself onto things left, right, and centre um, because the, there are different challenges in this school that I never had in my old school. Yeah, you know, so. Like so just to pick up on one of the things you've just said so I don't know if I've ever mentioned this but I did write a book about leadership quite recently did you oh, I must read it sometime. you must have you must have heard about it but definitely the, um, the Lady Gaga chapter you definitely did not attend a book launch but um one of the things that we say in that book to people who are interested in being a leader is to find their niche and then to kind of yes. take ownership of their own CPD in terms of of how you can upskill and become specialized in one area. And from the, the mm. sounds of it, Kylie, that's in effect what, what you did. You you have specialized mm. into, into an area that, that is high skill, um, high will, 
very kind of um important but you know there's there's an awful lot of um cpd available in that area in order to make you very very uh i guess employable um you know to really exploit and maximize your impact on your school is that kind of fair to say yeah absolutely yeah i mean because it, it, the thing is it all goes down on the cv as well doesn't it so it just um it it is invaluable um and i think one of the things that um i enjoy about the way that they do it at my new school is that it's um kind of centralized almost um so the the local borough council safeguarding partnership always sends out a bulletin um with what training is is going to be happening this month and that's sent out to everybody so um you know rather than just kind of select members of staff you know rather than just yeah. sending it to just the, the pastoral department or just the teaching assistants it's sent out to everybody and then you, you can kind of scour the brochure on what's what's going on and what would be relevant what do you want to go on and then you can take your pick it's absolutely brilliant um and I think probably CPD might be easier as a support member of staff because when you mentioned CPD and looking at courses, I'm thinking cover blue sky request. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I and I suppose oh, yeah. there is that level of autonomy, which is I suppose a, a perk that we've not quite touched on this evening. Actually, there is a little bit yeah, more that's one of my autonomy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, that is one of my favorite things is being able to manage your own time, um, which is it's different for teaching assistants because they do have the timetable. But um, yeah, being able to manage your own time is, and just kind of be flexible is is one of the best things. But yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of booking onto CPD, when you know whenever you submit it on Genie or whatever your school uses, um, when it, I, I just love it every time it asks how much cover is required and how much it's going to cost, and I'm like zero. And I feel like, you know, you feel like you're doing the school a favour. They're so lucky to have me. Thanks. Yeah, please, so lucky please that I don't cost you anything. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's technically true. Well. Um, okay, we're going to have a very quick, very quick message. And then we're going to come back, finish up the show um, and we are really, really learning about how to empower our support staff with my special guest, Kylie Jones. We will be right back. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. I feel like Kylie's having a cup of tea. <laughs> I just took a tablet. <laughs> I know, I lived it. Okay. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the sponsors didn't mind that too much. Okay, they so we've got... We've got ten. We've got ten minutes left, and um, it's been brilliant tonight. By the way, Kylie, talking to you, I can't thank you enough for giving up your time. I know it's Thanks like for having me. 
the most exhausting part of the year. My favourite bit, by the way, Kylie, of me asking you to do this was you thinking it was nine till ten in the morning, <laughs> telling, me, <laughs> telling me that you've got a meeting, and I was like, I was like, this new job of Kylie's is intense. Why have they got her doing stuff at till ten o'clock at night? And then I twigged what had happened. So the ring, yeah, but you know my bedtime is nine o'clock. So mine too. Mine too. Um, okay, so let's just think about people who were you 13 was it 13 years ago when you started out in Roughly, school yeah I reckon um and perhaps don't yet see that final um that final role as as what you know where you are where is where in the, is that where they're headed sorry mm. um what advice would you give to somebody that is just starting out now in 2022 make your intentions known um make you know make sure that you take yourself seriously and make sure that you're taken seriously by others um you know I think that's I think great advice <laughs> I maybe just need came, to start just came be to me. serious <laughs> be behave serious. in the workplace also follow the seven Nolan principles of leadership and you can read about <laughs> in teach like a queen <laughs> which we are absolutely not here to promote Kylie no um, okay so so, so, uh, yeah, so just kind of you know it's a lot about the way that you value yourself as as a member of staff and uh, making sure that that is you know your school know that you are there to be taken seriously they know what your intentions are um they know that you're not just there passively because then they can they can support you in putting those wheels in motion amazing so just that is, no, that's setting. really that's really good about, and actually it's the same thing i say to ects it's mm. the same thing I, t I say to aspiring leaders is, I don't say take yourself seriously, but that is good advice for me because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm at the part of the term where um, I, it's hard for me to behave and be sensible. My head teacher was like, oh, <laughs> getting tired, are we? <laughs> Filter's not working. <laughs> and I was like, there's a filter. Oh, okay. Oh, apparently, never working. Uh, yeah, apparently not at the minute. Um, okay, so... But final thing before I'm going to ask you to finish some sentences for me as final thoughts. What progression opportunities do you think CPD, sorry, support staff perhaps aren't aware of um, that they may not realise? Is there any um, end game jobs that perhaps they're not aware of yet? Well, it's it's difficult because I think we're in a period where that's all changing. So, yeah, I would say go for DSL, you know, go for um, pastoral managers, work your I way mean, up, is, go, go for Senko. Um, is school business manager the holy grail of support staff, Kylie? Because ugh, there's a non-teaching, non <laughs> I mean, me neither, because I don't have that <laughs> skill set, but that isn't to say it's not important, valuable and meaningful work. Really it's just valuable. Not, I couldn't do that. But it, is it the holy grail? Is that the, is that? Is that the end game if you work in if as an like administrator? Numbers. Yes, I would say yeah. If you're if you're in the office um, and that's you know that's the way that you work and you um, you know or a CFO kind of, kind admin. of absolutely yeah. yeah definitely. There's no reason why you can't achieve that. Um, and you your have... your post that you've currently got, sorry Kylie, your post that you've currently got is unique because 
you're non-teaching your SLT, but you're not the school business manager. And I suppose that's the thing I want people to get from this is that that isn't the only way that you can be a senior leader as a non-teacher. There's going to be, there's, there's absolutely loads, going to be loads of non-teaching DSLs within the next few years. I'm telling you now, um, you know, I've already started to see, like I said earlier um, on Twitter, people just connecting because um, people are finally starting to see that it just makes sense and there's value in it um it just works and yeah, it, but it's a viable yeah. career but the, there are caveats on things like being a senko you do have to have qts and that's often struck me as mm. odd because for, for a teaching assistant that could be quite a natural area of of progression for them but it, currently that's that's not a possibility yeah which is that that's difficult but don't let that put you off you know I still do all the training, do all of the courses that you possibly can do in that area because I, I can see that changing one day. I really can. Hmm. Okay, brilliant. Right, we're going to finish some sentences now. Kylie, are you ready? Okay, hit me. Okay. Um, so tr try and think, because the, the answers to these could be many things, but try and think in the context <laughs> of the conversation that we've had, if you possibly can. Um, so schools need to remember that. Um, that everything is about the children. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't lose sight of the fact that everything that you do, you have to think about what is the impact of the, on the child. Is it work for work's sake or is it actually going to impact the children? That's why we're here. Love that. Love that. And then like some things, some things like money, like they are, they are important, but only because of the impact that it has on children, not because it's money or, or whatever. Okay. I'm thinking oh, yeah, about business yeah. managers. Schools need got... to remember that they're not, and a corporation <laughs> it, yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> community not corporation oh kylie you just keep giving me the sound bites. Been an okay. teacher. <laughs> you, there's still time my darling there's still time um okay support staff's impact is oh um whatever you want to make it okay it's it's invaluable it's i would have gone with that yeah, invaluable. <laughs> we'll get with okay, invaluable. let's let's just settle on that. Okay, <laughs> and then finally, school leaders can empower support staff by letting them forge their own paths. Um, you know, letting them work under their own initiative, giving them the opportunities to decision make and um, and learn. Let them let them flourish. Just let them grow. Just let them grow. Plant them let and let them, them grow. grow. <laughs> uh, amazing. Kylie, thank you so much for your time this evening. I've That's absolutely good. loved, I've loved, and this hour's flown. Did you feel it that? It has. It's been really fun. It's, yeah. Thank I was you. like, oh, it's 31 minutes and we haven't played the news. Better get on that. <laughs> um, which is a different feeling to the previous shows. Um, okay, Kylie, thank you so much. Any last words that you want um, our listeners to take away to remember about support staff perhaps in their interactions in their daily interactions what's one thing they can take away from this conversation just appreciation gratitude and don't give up amazing fantastic Kylie thank you so much okay so that's us for this evening everybody um, I've absolutely loved these first few shows with you and I will be back next year um, the first show of 2023 I've got um, the 9th of January uh, and I've got Hannah Wilson from Diverse Educators and we are going to talk about building more diversity at leadership 
level. So I can't wait for that conversation. So a huge thank you this evening to Kylie. Thank you for listening in with us. Uh, really interesting conversation. And I'm definitely going to have in my head tomorrow, my interactions with support staff are perhaps going to land a little bit differently. So thank you so much uh, for that, Kylie. Um, I wish you all a wonderful Christmas. Please do enjoy the break. Um, and that is an order. And I will see you in 2023. Have a wonderful Christmas and I will see you on the other side.